Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Today, we're joined by Kate Tarney. She's a publicist on the Base Beauty team. Thanks for being here, Kate. Hi, thank you for having me. So, Kate, where are you calling in from right now? I am calling in from the Upper East Side of Manhattan uh, in my apartment where I am avoiding the 95 degree heat outside. The reason why I ask is um, you are a, a woman of the world and you're always traveling about. And I like to start with this because with the way that we work in a very flexible manner, it doesn't really matter where you are. Um, and I was just kind of hoping you were in some exotic place like Charlotte. Um, I wish. Or no, you don't go to Charlotton, you go to Charleston. I go to Charleston all the time, but I actually just I got I just got back from Austin um yesterday. So I have been away, but I'm currently back for the week. <laughs> so I'm sure a lot of our listeners are young people either graduating college or earlier in their career and they're they're thinking, Oh my god, I totally want to be a publicist and I want to be a publicist in beauty. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that means, like what a day in your life is all about? Sure. Um, I mean, it is, it's changed drastically from where and what it used to be a year ago. Um, I've been in the beauty industry for almost 10 years now um, in the beauty genre, and I was for a very long time working at uh, different agencies, two primarily over my you know span of my career. And working in, in an agency setting is a great experience, and it's a complete um, PR boot camp environment. And I got to work on some really great brands and with some really great people, um, but I lacked the ability to make some of my own decisions when it comes to, you know, even my personal life as well as what I would do on what I would do with a client or in a professional environment. And I felt that I had reached a point in my, in my career, I had gotten pretty far along that I wanted to go off on my own. And now my day to day is very different. Um, I have the flexibility to go to the gym in the morning, walk my dog, and then I could start work at 11 AM. And the beauty of it is that I don't have, distractions. I'm able to start say at 11 and then work consistently and fluidly till about 4 PM. Um, and what's so different is when you are in an office, which there are pros, of course, you get to make really great friends and you get to have a lot of fun while in an office, but there are a lot of distractions. Uh, you're constantly being pulled in different directions. And sometimes it's hard to sit down and focus on your actual work. Uh, working for myself from home or from Connecticut, wherever I am at the time, it's great because I can I can truly focus with into what I'm doing at that time. So, um, what are some of the personal reasons why um, someone would leave, like you know, probably a really great agency full time um, to go out? on their own as a freelancer and like kind of go to a world where it's really about risk, right? It's like, you don't know who your clients are going to be. You don't know what your work mm-hmm. is going to be. Um, at that time, what were the real motivations for you to say, you know, I'm done with this. I'm moving on. You know, and I, 
I, I hear you 100%. And I, and I hate to bash an agency because, again, and this isn't bashing, but, you know, it is a really great experience. But to be brutally honest, a lot of times, girls or boys who are working in the industry, you're stretched very, very thin. Um, I, at one point, went from working on one to two brands to being stretched across five to six. It's all, you know, the influx of clients coming in, uh, the demands uh, of the environment at the time, and then also, you know, fellow employees leaving and then and then not being able to hire someone new or maybe there's a hiring freeze. So there's a time when you can be really stretched thin and sometimes you might not feel as appreciated as you are and deserving in that time. Um so I really think that for me, it was a, it was a matter of feeling underappreciated and knowing that I could, you know, quite frankly, go off on my own and make more money. And, and that was important to me. I like the flexibility. I, you know, at the end of the day, I like that I don't have to wait for a yearly review and receive a small percentage of a raise, um, and maybe an approach and, um, a promotion that I don't feel I deserve. I, you know, it, it really is, I'm building my own, my own career at the moment. Is what I'm trying to say. I don't know if that's coming across right. Yeah, it totally is. I mean, you know, I think it takes um, like a really brave person to walk away from a steady job and a steady paycheck into the world of freelance and where basically you, you're an, you're your own business person, you're your own business development person, you're also doing all the work um, yourself. Um, so it's, it takes a lot of courage. Um, and I, I do think that there's probably plenty of people listening to this podcast today who are trying to figure out if they, if they have that courage. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes they, there are circumstances where they just can't do it, right? Like maybe they're the only uh, member of the family who has a steady job and, you know, it's just, it's just not going to happen now for them to go out on their own. But certainly it's of something course. that people talk to me about quite a bit, um, you know, when, you know, and, when that's, I, and, it, and that's not to say that, you know, you need to have experience because you can't just, you know, you can't just graduate college and say, oh, I'm going to work for myself. You, of course, need years of experience. You need to work on brands. You need to work in an agency setting. These sorts of things come with time. But if you want to go off on your own or you want to be able to work for, say, a virtual agency, get, you know, get a few years under your belt and make that decision when the time is right. But everyone needs to pay their dues. Uh, And I feel like in the beginning and throughout my time working at agencies, I, I did, I did pay my dues. I worked very hard and I didn't complain. I worked very late, late nights and, you know, I was appreciative because I'm sure we'll, we might get into it, but when I graduated was, you know, financial downfall of the, the U.S. at the time. So I was happy to get a job and I was really grateful. And I mm-hmm. was working, you know, very late and such very thin, but you need to pay your dues. I think that's also really, really important for people who are emer- emerging into this industry at this time is, you know, you have to be humble and graceful and work very hard. It's just not going to fall into your lap where you can decide to work from home, you know, straight out of college, unless, you know, in a different industry, perhaps, but there, you know, you need to get that workplace experience for sure. Right. So um, will you talk a little bit about, 
what you do for Base Beauty because it's so different than what you would do for when you're product brand driven clients. Walk our um, listeners through how you approach publicity for an agency like ours. Yeah. So this has been a really, really new experience for me. And I feel as if it's not something that is being done, um, that it's not very commonplace for other agencies. And I've actually heard from a lot of agencies in the past, it's like, who's doing the PR for us? So I think it's really important. And then, you know, congrats, Cody, for thinking of it, because it does make perfect sense that an agency should have the PR support behind them as well. So this is completely different than doing PR for a brand or for products because I'm kind of, I'm trying to look at who Jody is as the founder and creative director of uh, where brain, I mean, of uh, base beauty creative agency and positioning, you know, you as someone in the industry that should be heard from and you should be in the know and people should know your name. So it is, it's, it's very different um, because brands obviously have a larger presence um, and they are in, you know, the consumer lifestyle. There's advertising, there's tons of editorial opportunities, uh, promoting a, a, a smaller company and an individual is definitely different. So you have to be a little more creative. Um, and we have done some exciting things in the past, uh, collaboratively, of course, such as the War Paint musical. We did the uh, small PR event in conjunction with that, which was a really great experience because, you know, I'm, I'm so used to doing brand events where this was not a brand event, but more as a, a, an agency collaboration where we were able to bring industry leaders and um, media as well to, you know, almost an exclusive viewing of War Paint and then have a small mini panel following where we were able to listen to some really great industry leaders talk about, you know, their own past and their own experience within the beauty industry. And, you know, you really do need to think outside the box when it comes to doing PR for an individual in conjunction with an agency. It's very, very different than, than, than doing a brand, um, you know, and it's definitely been a learning curve and it's, it's really about, you know, that brainstorming and really thinking outside the box. And um, sometimes I kind of like smile while we're like talking and then we work together because in many ways um, your experience and background is like perfect for this. And in many ways it like makes almost no sense. Right. Cause like, you know, in the beauty PR space, it's about, it's about products, getting products exposed, brands exposed. Right. So this is so different. And mm-hmm. um, I laugh about it because um, it's in those times when it almost makes no sense that like the genius happens, you know, it's like those moments where I'm like, you know, um, where you and I are both struggling to like get to the, to a place on something. And then you come at it in such a different way than I do. Cause I am not a publicist. And then I'm like, there it is. <laughs> right. It's like this moment of magic where, you know, my goal might be, you know, I just want the executives in the room to know who I am. Your goal is like exposure, right? It's taking that story right. much farther. Um, and I laugh and giggle inside about it because it happens like time after time um, where I have this experience. And um, I feel like, you know, I almost wish I had the um, the thought to do this a lot earlier because we've been like so quiet and so introverted about our work and our work is amazing, right? To toot our own horn, mm-hmm. it's really awesome. And um, our clients get great ROI out of it. And for 10 years, we've been like, 
so mouse quiet, like, you know, like not, not putting it out there, not showing anybody, not talking about it. And, um, you know, that, that was a missed opportunity to, to create some news around our work. So I'm, uh, you know, it's, it's, I guess, a little late to the game, but this is the time we're doing it. Absolutely. Um, so and I'd like you to know, it's definitely a different process. I said it's definitely um, a different process. And I, I think it's funny because we do, you know, a lot of times we look at each other blank face and then it's like, okay, <laughs> I, have to, I have to think back. I'm like, how does I, how do I make this translate? Um, because I'm so trained in a different way, but it, it works. It really does. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, our podcast series is Where Brains Meet Beauty. It's also our agency slogan. Um, I'm curious to know how you interpret that phrase. What does that phrase mean to you? I I love the tagline. I think it's it's so, not to use the word again, smart, but it is. Um, and I think that it makes a ton of sense where, you know, where we are currently, not only in the beauty industry, but in pop culture and the feminism movement and everything that's happening. And, you know, it really just makes perfect sense. And I think there's this common misconception that comes with beauty. If a a woman's beautiful, they can't be smart. And I think that does in a way translate to the beauty industry. This doesn't sound like to maybe a man or, you know, someone outsider looking in like a very smart industry, but it is. I mean, it's a multi, multi multi-billion dollar industry with tons of intelligence, super smart people leading it. Um, And I like to think a majority of them being women. And I think that it just, it makes sense. It translates and it transcends into the current climate, into our industry. And I think that as an agency, it, it's perfect because, you know, we're honing this, this combination of just super intelligence and beauty. Uh, when I was at the Women's Rodelli Beauty Summit last week, there were a lot of people who presented. Many of them were the heads of the strategics, right? Like the Cody and the Shiseido and um, someone from Unilever, Lauder, right? Like all the, those big mm-hmm. guys presented. And then there were also tons of more um, entrepreneurial companies that presented. And I think almost across the board, everyone from the strategics in their own way uh, talked about how they need to operate more like, you know, the entrepreneurial companies. Um, and it made me, um, it made me have like kind of like this moment of, um, you know, clarity because I think that, you know, your attitude around your work, Eleni, Elisa, Robin, like me, Julie, everyone on the team, um, we're, we're always nimble, right? We're always moving fast. We're always thinking about like h- how to be impactful, how to be impactful and efficient, how to be impactful, um, and effective. And, um, it's just so normal for us, but it's so not normal, right. In the rest of the business, Mm -hmm. um, for, you know, other companies. And, um, it made me wonder like, um, what kind of learning can we give, um, the strategics around, um, you know, our own experience in our own business and working with a lot of entrepreneurial companies as clients, what kind of um, advice can we give those big strategics on how to be more nimble, how to, how to move their giant, slow, ancient organizations into working like us? Um, you know, off the top of your head, you know, what, what do you think that we could offer from an advice point of view? Gosh, well, I think, you know, I think it makes sense and you did kind of just mention it yourself that, 
you know, we do work with these smaller industries. I mean, these smaller companies where, I mean, we're working directly with the founder herself or himself even. And the messaging is so clear and their, their thought process is so organic and they're so passionate about the brand that they've built. Uh, that sometimes gets lost or it gets lost when you're working with a Procter and Gamble or a Unilever. And it's really, really important to keep this, you know, this high almost passion level alive to the brand um, and keep it translating well to consumers. You know, I think consumers are getting more and more excited about these indie niche brands that are coming out right now. And it's because there is a different, uh, level of communication around them. And I think that's something that we're tapping into ourselves and that we're trying to bring to these larger brands that they need to cons- they need to translate to the consumers in an exciting and new way. Just because a you know a brand has been around for say 30 years now and it's been a, a, a long time favorite, they still need to they need to take their messaging and kind of alter it because it's just so highly saturated now and you know, it's really hard to, to find your place. And I feel like these smaller niche brands are really doing a really great job of uh, coming out in a new and different way. And I think we need to just, you know, train our clients and have, and have the conversation with them that the messaging always has to be very tactful and exciting and fresh and new, because to be quite honest, the the consumers are smarter than they ever, than they ever were in the past. Let's just say that. Um, mm-hmm. everyone is definitely more knowledgeable about what they're putting on their bodies and their faces and in their hair. And, you know, there's no pulling the wool over the eyes anymore of consumers. And I think that's something that a lot of brands have had to catch up with. Um, we have to grow alongside, uh, the consumer's knowledge of beauty and it's just, it's becoming, it's becoming bigger and greater. I think, um, definitely lately, as long as I've been in the industry and you've been in it longer. So I'm sure you could tell me otherwise, if not. Um, yeah, you know, I think about um, naturals, right? We have a lot of clients in the natural space and it's mm-hmm. not because I'm obsessed with naturals. I'm actually the opposite. I'm that customer that you're really going to have to convince. You're going to have to work really hard to get me to care. Um, mm-hmm. And in that way, I think we're a perfect agency for a brand who wants to really go to the next level. Um, and you know, for, for sure, true naturals, I don't mean greenwashing, right? I mean, like real clean and green brands are absolutely positively the future of beauty. Um, and I'm, I know that's a strategic like to big, buy big businesses um, and acquire big businesses, but I really think that um, they're missing the mark by not just acquiring some of this, this passion and know-how now at an early stage. And really, truly, like owning and incubating the brand, you know, to a high level of growth, because um, you know, just talking to the founders that we work with, these people like know every in and out, every supplier, every you know point of contact in the supply chain. They're obsessive about these details. They're obsessive about communicating them to their fans. And I feel like these strategics like really, really need to start thinking about how do we how do we be a part of that company that's doing this, even though they're mm-hmm. so much tinier than any brand that we would typically acquire um, so that they can be part of that because they can't learn that themselves, right? These, these, these little guys have done all that hard work, um, mm-hmm. all that proprietary hard work. Um, and I feel like the smart ones are going to um, 
really start to own some of these brands. Absolutely. I agree. So let's switch gears for our last question. Um, if you weren't in the beauty business, let's pretend, what would you oh be doing? Gosh. <laughs> oh, I have no idea. Um, gosh. So I don't know if I've already mentioned this, but I did fall into the beauty industry. I really did. And I know that real true beauty people probably resent me for saying it, but I always, <laughs> you know, I didn't even, I didn't even know what foundation was honestly until after I graduated college, which sounds crazy now, but it's true. I wasn't a big makeup person. I didn't really look into skincare and I, I was a sun worshiper. So I was not a beauty girl. Um, but I have always been a writer and I have always been creative and I love art and I love photography. And those were the things I was focusing on in college. And I really wanted to pursue photography when I graduated. Um, and also in conjunction with writing. So I was thinking photojournalism, I was thinking a completely different line than, than PR even, although I was a communication PR major, um, I wasn't hundred percent sold. Then it was a crash in 2008 is when I came out into um, looking for a job. And I realized that, you know, it's always great to have a dream and an idea, but you need to be able to support yourself and make money. And I like that my parents were very clear with me about that as well. So I fell into, I didn't fall into PR. I definitely earned it. Um, but I fell into the beauty niche because I landed at an agency that focused primarily on beauty. And I could not be happier that I did because now I am a full qualified beauty girl. And I can't believe I went as long as I did without wearing foundation, um, but let alone not wearing sunscreen. So I, I love the beauty industry and I think that I'm able to use all of the, you know, those skill sets that I honed and I loved and explored in college, such as photography such as writing, such as creativity. And I'm able to use that in my industry every single day. And that, you know, that is a dream come true. And I'm able to work for myself. So I, you know, I couldn't be happier where I am right now at this moment. Thank you so much, Kate, for your honesty and sharing your story with our listeners. Thank you. It's fun. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.